Hey everyone, welcome to the Revive West Des Moines podcast. I'm Jamie Richards, the Young Adult Minister at Hope West Des Moines. What you are about to hear is the live recording from Revive West Des Moines this past week. We hope you can connect with God and the good life that God has for you through what you hear in this message. Give it a listen. Because we're calling 2023 the whole Holy Bible in a year, that's our theme. We want to invite you, if it's your first time or if it's your 21st time, to read through the whole Bible. We even have a slacker track called Just Read the New Testament, if that's all you can handle. And it's much shorter. (laughs) It'll do. It'll be great. And each weekend, to make it easy for you, we're going to preach on what we read together as a church. And we're going to do weekly live podcasts, Wednesdays at 12 noon. We're going to have daily devotionals that will be on our website. We're going to have devotionals for your families. We're going to have stuff for the kids, all ages. We're going to have classes, Bible studies, places for you to get to know this book, the Holy Bible, the written Word of God, so you can get to know the incarnate Word of God, Jesus Christ. Greetings, everybody. How's it going? I didn't actually know where the end of that video was, so I was like, oh, this will be fun. So it's super good to be with you all. If we haven't gotten a chance to meet, my name is Chris Kimston. I am the men's minister here at Lutheran Church of Hope, also the church life minister. I serve out at Hope Waukee as well, uh, and have been a bunch of different places doing a bunch of different things, but it's super good to be with all of you tonight. And uh, I just want to say a quick thing. You know, we're, we're talking about this uh, whole holy Bible. It's the world's, I probably made this joke last time. I'm not going to get over it. Uh, I think it should be eight W H O L L Y. The holy, but like we could have made it one thing and it would have been a really good dad joke. And it's just a big missed opportunity, but we'll get, I'll get over it. Like in July, um, point I, and controversy. Are you ready? I'm not going to push back on what pastor Mike said, but I want to change the wording a little bit. He called it a slacker track. Uh, to do the New Testament. And I just wanted to say something. There is this thing that happens where all of us that like to do fun stuff or good stuff or like, we're like, we want to do the best we can. All of a sudden you hear that you, or, or you, you see the, the, the schedule and you're like, actually, I don't think I'm going to be able to make it through the, the old and new Testament, you realize that you've like fallen behind. You realize that maybe you're not quite on track and you go, Oh, I can't do the whole thing, but I don't want to do it halfway. So I guess this just isn't my year. I told this to the guys on Wednesday morning, reading the Bible is better than not reading the Bible right? So my encouragement to you all is, and we like to poke fun and say, yeah, if you just want to read the New Testament, it really is a lot shorter. It's about a chapter a day. And uh, if even if you're, you're showing up here and you're just getting re-engaged and you're like, oh, well, they already started. I guess I'm off the train for this. And if they're just going to be talking about the whole Holy Bible all year uh, and I'm behind, I guess I just don't have to show up. Do not allow yourself to be discouraged. Uh, keep jumping back on. Even if you fall off for one week, uh, for a week or a month or whatever, just jump right back on because, and if you ever have a question whether or not you should, just remember, remember my face saying to you, Reading the Bible is better than not reading the Bible. Cool? Okay, cool, cool. So that's the whole Holy Bible. And uh, in order to kind of walk alongside that, um, that ambition this year, uh, Revive's been doing this series, How To, It's a Guide to Deeper Faith. And because when you read the Bible, Old Testament, New Testament, any of it, 
it really evokes a lot of deeper questions. You're like, man, I, what does this all mean? How do I know that God hears me? You know, why, well, uh, why do people do these things in worship? What, what am I even supposed to do? What does that mean in the Bible? All of these big questions. And so uh, the, the, the Bible evokes these questions, and so we're asking some of them and covering some topics that uh, elicit a lot of questions from us all. And one of those is for sure our topic tonight, prayer. Because, and I, I, Jamie's like, Chris, can you come this, this one day? I'm gone at seminary that day. Um, and you're going to talk about prayer. And I said, I talked about prayer in March. And you're like, Chris, you just talked about this. I hate repeating myself. So the question, I tell you that to tell you this. I thought to myself, okay, well, instead of doing the same thing, where are we at with prayer now? Where do we, as a cultural, you know, as people bound within the confines of the timeline, as it were here, what, where do we find ourselves at with prayer in this cultural moment at the beginning of 2023 at Revive here in central Iowa? And I'm going to start by talking about something that everybody's talked about that, you know, Pastor Mike's mentioned that uh, you, I'm sure you've seen on the news and all of these different things, but it's where we find ourselves. And this is the jumping off point to what I want to talk about tonight. So... You heard Mike talk about it, that there was this moment uh, a Monday or so ago where we all collectively watched someone die on television, and he's okay now. They were able to resuscitate him. His heart stopped, and he laid there on the ground, and the question was, is he going to be okay? This is the most watched thing on television in the world. There were more people watching Monday Night Football that had nothing to do with what happened with, uh, with our friend Damar here. It, people were watching for the game, and all of a sudden there was this surreal moment where you're expecting to watch football, and instead you go to uh, these close-ups of these, these gentlemen who are the stereotypical masculine uh, Titans of the world. The Titans weren't playing, but point being like, they, <laughs> I was like, pick a good word for like a good, and it was the wrong one because it's the wrong team. Um, we're not going to say, yeah, they, you can't say giants either. Exactly. Um, point being, these guys are who we think of when you think of tough. They're as big as trucks, run just about as fast, and they, they can withstand a whole lot of pain. They are everything that we hold up as strength in a stereotypical masculine sense. Instead, what you got if you turned on Monday night to view this as a bunch of men sobbing uncontrollably. You saw fear, very real fear, in these guys' eyes. And another thing that you saw that you don't always see on, on regular television where people knelt in prayer because you could tell that they had reached a point where they did not know what else to do. What this entire situation for me highlighted, uh, it reveals what we believe uh, about prayer, much less about Monday night football. You could make a lot of sermons and points about teams, and there's a lot of metaphors in there, and we could work with all that. The point is, uh, what, this highlights what we believe about this, what we're talking about tonight, which is prayer. For those who don't know, I doubt that's a thing, uh, 
Damar Hamlin is the gentleman there, went into cardiac arrest. We watched all of that. But we don't care about this, and we're not talking about this because Damar Hamlin is special. It doesn't matter that he's a Christian, though he is. It doesn't matter that he puts crosses on his cheeks, though he does. We don't care more about Damar than we do the other roughly 1,000 people who will have cardiac arrest in the United States within a 24-hour span. It's a real statistic. It's not that we care about him more. It's that we are not often confronted like that with death right? And more generally, but more pertinent to what we're talking about tonight, we are not often confronted with situations that make us feel utterly helpless, especially when we're just expecting to go about our regular week. I I enjoy watching Monday night football. I put my daughter to bed. And then uh, while I plead and pray for her to go to sleep, I will often turn it on my phone uh, as she falls asleep or uh, right afterwards. And the thing is, is that that's not what you're expecting to see You're not expected to be handed a situation where you're confronted with your own mortality and and an entire collective of people looking around wondering what to do. They kept cutting to commercial. They kept coming back. They weren't sure whether or not they should show it. It just showed that people were really unprepared for a situation like this. It pushes, pushes us to the edge. Now, the reason that we don't encounter these situations is because we hardwire into our lives, any places that we can, the ability to have a safety net. And hear me when I say this, that is good, right? It's good to be prepared. Uh, And with the ease of access to communicating with other human beings outside of yourself, like anybody is a phone call away, we might even fool ourselves into thinking that nothing bad can ever really happen to us, right? Like nothing, like 911's like real close, right? We live in a populated area, everything's gonna be okay. I can get any information I want in less than 20 seconds, everything will be fine. And that feels good, but we fool ourselves to think that we won't reach a situation where we aren't sure what, what we're gonna do next. We have all been in circumstances, maybe, I should say we all, and if not statistically, don't worry, it's coming, that there's a point where you will reach in your life a serious or non-serious situation in which you do not know what you're supposed to do next. Sometimes our prayers come only at a time of need, when we've exhausted all of our usual options. Sometimes our prayer comes only at a time of need, when we've exhausted all of our options. This is a prayer as a response to dire need. When you don't know what else to do, sometimes that's when prayer happens. And a time of need is really vague and it can look as many different ways as there are people listening to my voice right now. So I'll just share a couple with you. I can only talk about my own circumstance. So I'm gonna share two stories with you. One a little humorous and one definitely less so. The first one, I'm not trying to impress anybody, but I, was starting B team on my uh, middle school football team. <laughs> yeah, buddy. So, though I don't know how your middle school, um, thank you, patronizing claps. Um, <laughs> the, uh, I don't know how your middle school did football, but um, the, the way that ours did it was you, every guy that went out for football, you weighed everybody. And then you took right down the middle, you took the median, and everybody under the median went to play lightweight football, and everybody over the median went and played heavyweight football. And what you are looking at, at the time, jokes aside, uh, 
I was the lightest heavyweight football player. <laughs> Because I was wicked tall, but I was not strong. And uh, here I was uh, on this football team. I think I actually have a picture of me. No, that's not actually it. Um, but that's how I felt. Don't worry. The one on the right's the other story. I felt like that. And uh, so I played on, for those of you who know football, I played on the squad that was reserved only for the, the best of players, the special teams, because of how special I was. No, for people who don't know football, that's usually when you don't get to play anywhere else. You play on the special teams. So I played a role, too. Listen, it gets more impressive. I was a role called a starter, which is a role that does not exist in grown-up football, which is when you line up for the kickoff, let's pretend that the music stand is the ball, you, the starter lines everybody up to make sure nobody's offsides. <laughs> And then you say, ready, go. And then the kicker, you don't even kick the ball. Just somebody else kicks the ball. And then you run down and you try to tackle, which I couldn't do. But I could start. So we were starting, right? Now, the game comes. It's towards the end of the year. It's, I think it's actually, for the purpose of the story it is, the last game of the year. And we are playing our dreaded crosstown rivals. I was the, the, the Indian Hills Tigers, Right? Go shout out to the Tigers. And we were playing the Stillwell also Tigers. <laughs> we used to be the Indian Hills Indians for obvious reasons. We couldn't do that, although the school name didn't change. Anyway, the, uh, so we, there were just two Tigers fighting at each other. And we had somehow had uh, gotten up at the end of the game. We were clearly the worst football team. But Stillwell... They did it. They were like, they, they, they had really done it. Like we had finally beat, we were up by like just a little bit and the game was about to expire, but they were about to get the ball back and they could, they were probably going to be able to beat us. We knew that was going to happen. So our coach called a trick play. And what that was, was a sneak onside kick. And so this was the play. The starter, that's me would stand up here, say, ready, set, and then I'd turn and kick the ball in the, an onside kick, in case you didn't know. Instead of kicking it down to the other team, you kick it sideways. And if your team is able to get it before the other team, you get the ball back. So I was like, this is our chance to win. The only problem was is I wasn't good at football. <laughs> and this entire thing depended on whether or not I was able to do what is actually very difficult because the football is not round. It is weird shaped that makes it bounce weird directions. I say all of that to say this, the reason, and this is the whole reason I'm telling you the story. I was in a group of all of my peers, all of the kids who were way cooler than me. Uh, the, uh, when I say I started B team, that just means we were a backup for A team, right? Like we play, it was the same game. So I was this backup kid. Here was this moment and all of it depended on whether the music kid on the team was able to kick a ball. And I just remember this, this like, remember middle school, everything felt unsafe. Everything felt bad. I have never had less confidence than that particular moment. And I remember thinking, I, I remember it so vividly. I remember exactly which direction on the field I was facing when I had this thought. I said, God, I think that you're up there. Mark Brandt says you are. <laughs> Power life, right? I was like... Mark Brandt says you're up there, but God, if you are, I just remember the most honest place in my soul. I said, God, if you're up there, I could really use some help. 
I don't know what, I don't know how this is going to go. Here's the thing, friends. We did the play. We did it. It worked. Yeah, I was so psyched. I'm pretty sure like we ended up tying the game. Like we didn't even win. But for the purpose of this story, I was carried off like a champion. (laughs) But I hit this moment, even as a middle schooler of deep insecurity going, God, help. There was nothing that I could do to get better at what I was about to do. In, in five seconds, there was literally nothing I could do than just give it what I had. And I said, God, please help this go okay. Another moment where I had a similar and less humorous circumstance, I've shared before that uh, uh, I have some blood pressure circulation issues, I take some medicine for it, and sometimes I'm like a fainting goat. Like if you scare me real bad, I just fall over. But um, more specifically, just like I, the, I had passed out. I'm a music kid. Like I said, uh, I went to college at Drake. I studied music. It's how I paid to go to school. All those kinds of things. And there was a moment where I thought I was past all this, and I did pass out during one of the concerts. It was this big traumatic experience. But this is how I paid to go to school. This is what I loved. This is who I was. And I ended up detesting, I had my, my tuxedo with tails, real fancy. And I remember standing in my dorm room, trying to get my bow tie, but my hands were shaking too bad, because I was so afraid. Like, animal level fear. And I remember praying, God, I don't know what to do. I got nothing. I just need you. It was a moment where I didn't know what else to do, so I turned to God. These moments that we talk about, God, if you're out there, God intervened, or it was incredible, these are a lot of the moments that we end up turning to God. This is one of the ones that we see. Sometimes our prayers come only at a time of need, when we're exhausted, all our other options. And God honors that. God is grateful to communicate with you and is grateful to receive you in those moments. And what's interesting is there's some other circumstances that we see prayer as well, because we talk a lot about moments like this, but there's also some other moments as well. When we see prayer um, or we see somebody regularly praying, it's not one of those circumstances. Maybe the time that you hear the most prayer or interact with prayer is when someone like yours truly is yammering up here and, you're say, and you look around and you say, ah, yes, this is hope. We're at church. It's Revive. It's Thursday night or it's Sunday morning or I'm in the worship center. This is where we pray. This is the thing that we do here. Yes, let's do it. But when you're doing it, like when, if I'm like, everybody, let's pray the Lord's Prayer together, and everybody goes, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be. And then what ends up happening is you're thinking, you're like, in your brain, what's happening is like, maybe Bebop's tonight. <laughs> like, ooh, should I, get, should I get a double? Let's go. And then your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Do they do triples there? Maybe they do. Should I get cheese? Oh, I was bad last time. Amen. Oh, yeah, spiritual moment, right? Sometimes that's the prayer that we experience. Contextually, it's just what we do when we're someplace. Maybe for you, uh, another circumstance of this would be like great aunt Helen comes over for dinner, right? 
And uh, she's like, let's all join hands and pray. And you're like, great aunt Helen, this is not what we do, but like you do it because it's great aunt Helen. You know what I mean? And so you all grab hands and everything is fine. Um, but you know, in your heart of hearts, the reason great aunt Helen is doing it is because you know, she knows that you don't do it all the time. And she's like, no, 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 we're a family that prays. Like, but interestingly, this is making my point, is that it's actually more about whether or not you should be praying than the actual prayer you're saying, right? Maybe when you interact with prayer, it's actually more in a news headline. You're reading something, and it's maybe the time you interact with prayer is so-and-so has argument about when prayer is or is not allowed in schools or something along those lines, right? But quick side note, if you argue more about prayer than actually pray, maybe we missed something, right? But all of this is leading to this point. We live in a world where prayer has become as much of a signal to who you are versus expectation for what it does. We live in a world where prayer has become as much of a signal to who you are versus an expectation for what it does. I need to pray so that people know that I pray. Or I need to use this certain word when I pray or talk in such a way or have such and such a posture that people will then know that, that I am that type of person. This is another form of prayer, just like we can turn to God in our time of need. Once again, God is always glad to receive our prayers, but sometimes it has very little to do actually with what we're praying about and more in the fact that we're doing it and gasp who is watching. Now, it's interesting because we're getting to our Bible reading for tonight. Um, there, there's, uh, Jesus is used to people using prayer as performance. Right? Jesus is used to people, only certain people having the right words to pray, only being able to do the, like, you know, to, to know the magic words to make God listen, is only used to a uh, certain group of people feeling like they can pray, you know, nothing that we know about now, right? Nobody has prayer insecurities here, obviously. Um, no, this brings us to our scripture reading for tonight, though, and the interesting thing about this is usually when people ask Jesus a question, Jesus doesn't give, like, as straightforward an answer as we would like, and in this case, beautifully straightforward. Uh, his disciples go, Jesus, how should we pray? And he goes, let me demonstrate. Perfect. So, with that in mind, that brings us to our scripture reading for this fine eve. Uh, Matthew chapter 6 is where we're at. And it was read beautifully for us before, but once again, reading scripture, better than not reading it. So, we are going to flip thin pages. Matthew chapter 6, we're going to start in verse 5. And when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they've received their reward in full. Notice they actually did receive the reward that they were looking for, Right? They wanted everybody to see him praying. Jesus is like, great, they did it. They, everybody saw them praying. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your father who is unseen. Then your father, who sees what's done in secret, will reward you. And when you pray, don't keep babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. In other words, you can't earn a better result, right? Don't be like them, for the father knows what you need before you ask him. Then... Jesus says, this is how you should pray. 
Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we, for all, as we also have forgiven our debtors or trespasses uh, and trespasses. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive them, your Father will not forgive your sins. Don't take that as a statement of law. Take that as in what we're about to talk about, which is relationship. You have a posture. If If you truly seek to be more like the Father, forgive others like you want to be forgiven. That's the point right? Jesus' prayer, notice in that prayer, it's not about everyone I'm praying. Look at all these beautiful, fantastic words that I have. It's not, God, I have nothing else to do and I'm coming to you because I really hope that this goes well. Notice that Jesus' prayer is acknowledging these different facets of his relationship with God. It's all, for Jesus' prayer is about relationship, now, I feel it in the room. You said, yes, Chris, we've heard this before, right? The important things are the relationship with God. It's not religion. It's a relationship. Yep, 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 yep. I, I feel the discontent with that, and I understand why it's frustrating, because a lot of times when pastors or preachers or well-meaning Christians talk about God, they're like, no, 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 it's so much easier than a bunch of rules. It's just a relationship. And the reason that that sounds funny is because it's not true, Like, it sounds like a load of crap, right? Guys, rules are so much easier than a relationship, (laughs) right? Like, I don't know. (laughs) Uh, Guess what a lot of relationships have, first of all. We'll get to that in a second. But guess what a lot of relationships have? Oh, it's just like a relationship with God. Guess what? The people that I have relationships with, I can see them with my eyes. I can hear them with my ears. I text them on my phone. My friends send me funny TikToks. God wrote Leviticus, like, those are different things. Maybe. I mean, maybe you have a different relationship with Leviticus than I do, but TLDR. The, let's not assume that relationships are a lot easier than the rules. If you're like me, you wish that maybe some of your relationships had more rules. You're like, hey, dude, uh, like, these are my rules for my friends that if they should exist, right? It's like, hey, don't text me after 10. I'm sleepy right? Um, we need tokens for when you go out to beverages with friends because you're like, this can, we can make sure this is a one-to-one situation. And then also, um, I, my friend, I'm helping you move one time. <laughs> Just because I love Jesus does not make me a moving service, right? Like after that, I am hired help, right? Rules are clear. Relationships are messy, Many of our relationships are rooted in, in very different moving targets than just here's what the hard and fast rule is. Relationships are hard, but our relationship with God is still a relationship. It's not just a set of rules. That is a true statement. But what does that really mean? Another way to say that is what is a relationship at its core? Now, it's not just talking, right? Some people are like, oh, it's relationship with God. You talk to people, therefore you just got to talk to God. You have a great relationship, right? I get what people are saying because yes, you should communicate with the people that you're in a relationship with. But if you told me I have such a great 
fantastic friendship. I have such a good relationship with this person. I'm like, cool, cool. Tell me about that. That sounds really great. And you're like, it's so fun. I just like talk for a really long time. And they just, well, yep. And I'd be like, hmm, follow-up questions about that relationship, right? It's also not what we were talking about before, like the identity piece, right? If someone hangs out with you in your relationships, in your world, romantic, friendship, or otherwise, if you have a really great relationship, if they hang out with you because you are the type of person that they want to hang out with, spoiler alert, they're not actually interested in you as a person. They just like you because they think you're cool, right? Like, similar to this relationship performative piece that we were talking about with prayer, that's also not relationship. They have to like you for you. And it's not also exclusively this circumstance where they don't know what else to do, so here they come. Now, let's be clear. A person in a good relationship is certainly there when you need them. But if you tell me, I have this really great relationship, and I say, okay, tell me about that. And they say, it's really great. I don't really hear from them, but then when they really need something, they show up. I'd be like, let's chat. Like, right? Like, we're going to have a talk. That's not what a good relationship is either. We would caution against that, but if we're really honest, that's our relation, a lot of our relationship with God. And that's me too sometimes. We're there for God and we're praying for God and God is super glad to, to receive those prayers. And that's not it. If you've ever been that person in a relationship where you're like, I just want to see you more. I just wish there was more, but you just come around when you need something. You, one of the things that you might say is there's so much more. And I think that's what God says to all of us. Oh my gosh, there's so much more in a relationship with the ultimate divine truth of the world than just showing up when it gets bad. It's something more than that. Let me be clear. God is there for us when we're at the end of our rope and we don't know what to do. But that's not why God exists. And that's not why God made prayer. God is an important part of how we see ourselves and our identity, right? And I do hope we see ourselves as a child of God, but people, but, but, but prayer does not exist to make us feel better about our identity. Prayer isn't so that we can pray ourselves into being proud of being children of God. Because that identity doesn't need to be proven. Jesus took care of that. Prayer exists to deepen our relationship with God in partnership with other spiritual practices and parts of the church body. Don't worry, I'll explain that. But just for anybody, uh, guys on Wednesday morning, they really like taking pictures of the screen because they, they, they got that. So just in case you needed that. But what is this relationship at its core? Relationship is understanding each other deeply. Relationship is understanding somebody else deeply. And there are some practices. These are, these are the practices that I'm talking about. Um, prayer is certainly part about it, but a uh, part of it. But taking part in God's body, the church, and trying to bring God's kingdom and spiritual practices is also how we enter into relationship with God. And it can look like this. What is relationship at its core? Seeing scripture as a way to know God. We're doing this whole, whole holy Bible thing, not because we couldn't think of anything better to do. It wasn't like we're like, well, I guess we'll do the Bible, right? 
The Bible is important to us always, but we're doing it specifically because it's a way that we get to know God. We understand the relationships with our loved ones by who they are and what they've done and the choices that they've made, right? I know I can be Bobby's friend, Bobby DeBerry. I know I can be Bobby's friend because of the way that he shows up to things. If, if you were to ask me, is Robert a fun guy? I'd be like, yeah, he throws axes and stuff. And you, you'd be able to point to the things that he's done in order to know and the choices he's made to be the type of people that you know. Somebody asked me about Jamie. Uh, they hadn't had a chance to meet her. I was talking about how great Jamie is because of how she's walked alongside people in their life. And a lot of you have experienced that as well. We know who Jamie is by the things that she's done. Similar in this way, scripture is the way that we do this with God. Scripture is the story of the God that walks beside us now. We just get to know what to expect from God walking with us by reading about how God's walked with God's people. Scripture is a way to understand God. Another piece of this is being honest with God in prayer right? Now, here's a question. Are you bringing, here's my question for this. Are you actually bringing uh, what you care about to God? Like, if you're like, okay, it's time to pray. Maybe you've heard this before, and you're like, great, Chris, I'm gonna get motivated. I'm gonna set a timer, and then it's like in the middle of something. You're like, cool, cool, cool. Uh, God, thanks for Ego uh, Waffles, and uh, uh, help my boss not to be so mean, and uh, forgive Ted from accounting. Amen. And that's cool, but maybe the more honest prayer is, God, I don't actually know if I'm supposed to be doing this job that I got myself into. I don't actually know where my career is going and I'm a little afraid. Notice that didn't take a lot of time, but it was way more where you're at. Are you actually talking to the God that knows how you feel? Are you being honest with what you're thinking and feeling? Are you doing it regularly? Or are you just praying to check a box? And what would it look like to actually pray with the intent of listening? Not that you're gonna hear some, you know, the skies open up. If you do, I would like to hear about that. But also just knowing that in this, the still quiet in your heart, maybe you'll receive something, a truth, a feeling, something that'll comfort you either in a time of affliction or lead you in a certain direction. Happens all of the time. What would it look like to actually make space to listen? We should listen in our relationship with God. And if you haven't tried it, you should listen in your other relationships too. The last one um, that I jumped to accidentally is prioritizing your time with God. If we have a good relationship with people in the world, we prioritize them. That means that even if something sounds better or you don't feel like it, you still go and, and fulfill the commitments that you made. You still show up because you see the value in it. So what does it look like? And I'm not saying be dogmatic with it. I'm not trying to guilt you into doing that. What I am saying is, is that my question to you, you're already doing this now. You could be doing anything tonight, but you're here, which means that you see some sort of value. But my question is, what is that? And could that apply to some of these other things that take one to five minutes? 
where is there a time that you can hold on to this moment to bring it to another and say, you know what, that actually would help. That actually would uh, serve value. I would actually like to connect with God because I see the value in it. Prioritizing your time with God. These are relationship things at its core. Getting to know somebody, being honest, prioritizing your time, and these are ways we can do that with God as well. Prayer, and I I even put this on the screen because I I really wanna make sure that we understand. Prayer in all of its forms is is what can take your reading of the whole Holy Bible this year and make it transformational. You can... You can check all the boxes. You can do all the stars. You can do everything you want. And I I love the stars, by the way. I think do the stars. Um, Actually, physical, tangible things uh, are something that enable people uh, to be able to remember things better and receive, like, the, the dopamine hit of a job well done, right? Like, all the education teachers in the room are like, amen, physical, uh, physical things that, that help reinforce our intellectual learning. We could do all of that. If we do not do this in partnership with prayer, we'll miss it. Full stop. We will just miss it. Because God will be looking at us going, there's more than just reading the words. I was trying to tell you something. So let's enter into this year of the whole Holy Bible with prayer because we're right to turn to it. We are right to turn to it when, it's, uh, when we don't have anything else to do, when we don't know what else to do. We should still turn to it. We should still turn to it going, God, I, I need a reminder that I am your child, that I am beloved, that you call me good. We need that. And it can breathe fresh life into something we've never been able to find life in before. So this week, getting real practical this week, what is one way you can introduce more prayer into your life? What is one way? And again, one to five minutes. You can even cut that in half if you want. I'll take 30 seconds. Here are three different versions of prayer than dear God, now what do I say? First one, uh, feelings prayer. This This one's from Jamie, actually. We talked about this once. Does prayer feel weird and daunting? Like try saying, God, here I am, and then just feel how you're feeling. I do this sometimes when words fail me, and yeah, you're like, dude, you stop talking at some point? Yeah, it actually happens sometimes. I go, God, I don't know how to put this into words. What I'm experiencing, sometimes pain is beyond something that I know how to talk about. So I, God, here I am, and then you just sit in it. You just feel it. Because God knows what you mean, and God's willing to sit in that with you could be uh, irreplaceable joy, whatever that looks like, but that's a feelings prayer. Another one is a, a presence prayer or a listening prayer. It's called practicing the prayer, uh, practicing the presence of God. Just ask God to be with you. God always is. Just sitting rooted in and present in the fact that the God of the universe is with you and loves you. And you're like, Chris, that sounds lame and super like straightforward. Uh, guess how your disposition changes when you sit with that for a few minutes can change everything, actually. It can be powerful, and it can change the way that you see yourself. Which, fun fact, if you change the way you, you see yourself, it changes the way you behave in the world. 
Here's two that use scripture. Lexio Divina uh, is one where uh, basically you take a piece of scripture and you read it a couple of times and you just write down what sticks out to you. If you have an extra moment, pray about it and say, God, I want to know how that, that leans into who I am. Like, how, what are you trying to tell me here? It's funny how you can read the same thing you've read your entire life and one little thing sticks out. So that's Lexio Divina. Go ahead and partner that in what you're doing here. And then another one's a Psalm exercise in a prayer class I taught once. We talked about how the book of Psalms is full of every emotion ever in history. It goes from like, God, you are the best to God, please kill my enemies and help me watch. Like it's every emotion anybody has ever felt and, and everything in between there. If you do not know, if you're just stuck in a numb place, flip to the book of Psalms, find even just a stanza you really resonate and say, dear God, and just read that. It's funny how scripture is actually meant to be a gateway into a relationship with God. What's one of those that you can introduce into your week this week? And I mean, actually do it. Please forget everything else I said if it means you're actually gonna do one of these things. I don't want you to be like, Chris made a couple of good jokes and then like finally left the stage. No, I, my prayer, my honest to goodness prayer for all of us hearing my voice either now in the room or elsewhere, Jamie another time when she's not in class, my prayer for all of us is that we would be able to encounter God and who God is, not just through this whole Holy Bible, but in partnership with prayer, seeing what God has for each and every one of us. Because the good news is God's trying for each and every one of us to lead us into who we're made to be. So let's say yes to that. Let's take one step towards that this week. And let's love God the way that we're loved. Amen. Grace and peace, friends. Uh, we, will, we will continue now uh, in worship, but let me pray for us real quick before we do. Lord Jesus, I thank you for being a God that, that allows us to communicate with you, that it doesn't have to have a script, that it doesn't have to have some sort of magic incantation, that we don't have to be perfect, that we don't have to have some sort of special degree, God, but you look at us and I just pray over each and every person hearing my voice right now that when we come to you in prayer, you are overwhelmed with delight just that we're there. God, give us fresh eyes to see ourselves the way you see us and your excitement over getting to be with you, God. We are so thankful for you and we love you. Teach us, teach us to revive something new this year. Thank you, Lord, and we love you. It's in your good name that we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening, everyone. Revive West Des Moines happens every Thursday night at Hope in West Des Moines, and we'd love to connect with you on social media. So find us and let us know where you're listening from. And whenever you're in town, we would love to have you come to Revive and join us live. Peace out, Scouts.